Pages 105, 106, 107. I didn't forget. I just haven't been reading it. It goes up to page 140, so we're going to be 37 or so pages away. Um, who knows how long that will take <laughs> um, at this rate. Uh, so basically, it talks about this third solution, uh, they call this third solution, initiation of the dead, um, basically saying uh, on page 105, when we die, symbolically, the parasite has to die. So if you remember, this parasite is kind of... Uh, uh, feeding it's being fed by us um and based on our negativity or the agreements uh that we've chosen to believe in usually uh related to negative stuff um emotions fear now it's not talking about like fear of things that we need to be afraid of like you know, maybe you don't want to tightrope walk from like a hundred feet over, over, you know, a cliff, or you don't want to skydive or do something that seems really potentially dangerous. Like it's not saying go do like extreme dangerous things, but there's a lot that we hold ourselves back from. And I'll talk more to that. Um, but uh you know towards the bottom of page 105 it says uh there's like this uh new section and it says the art of transformation dream of the second attention um so it says the process of domestication can be called the dream of the first attention and that was how your attention uh, was used for the first time to create your first dream of life. And you didn't really have a choice in it. Like on page 106, it explains, you know, you're no longer a child. And this is called the dream of second attention, the new dream. Uh, you're no longer a child. It's up to you to choose what to believe and what not to believe. And, you know, I really like this part where it says um, on page 107, the next step is to develop awareness of all the self-limiting, fear-based beliefs that make you unhappy. Uh, and you have a choice to do away with this. I mean, we can feed that parasite, right? We can either feed the parasite and keep feeding those fears and or we can not feed the parasite and you know try to 
determine how it is that we can work with this. Um, and adopting the four agreements is basically it says uh, it's a declaration of war to regain your freedom from the parasite. That's what it says on page 107. So I would say a lot of people, maybe in uh, in different categories have different types of fears. Like I can recognize uh, things that are like fear of failure. So like... For me, when it comes to, like, education and career-related things, I do get some hang-ups um, just because I've had so many weird experiences with school and work where I'm like, you know, there did come up in my past, you know, some things that I felt were, yes, I had a role in it for sure, Um there's accountability on my end, but then I was kind of, you know, having some other people that were in some ways kind of like against me, um, and that kind of made it so, you know, there was definitely some form of failure involved or just not being able to kind of get to the goals that I wanted not fully because of myself, but because there were other people kind of gatekeeping that. And so I wasn't really able to kind of keep trying to use my full potential. But in a way, they did me a favor, you know. They probably saved me, you know, a quarter million dollars in debt. They saved me, you know, from having to get into a field where by this time in 2023, I wouldn't have wanted to be working in the field anyways. Because um, I did kind of go off the beaten path or off the path of why I had gone into clinical psych anyways. I mean, my initial plan was to get back into research, move back to LA, try and work somewhere like UCLA, a, a nice lab. And, you know, just that's what I wanted to do. And I stumbled into the clinical side because I naturally have a gift in that area, but um, it's not really what interests me. And I already interests me to some extent, but not daily for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, or more than 40 hours a week. Um, even now, I don't want to spend my life dealing with people's problems like that like that's what I like about podcasting is because there is more of like I feel like there's more of that like okay let's kind of like explore this together and then try to talk about you know some valuable information um I feel like it's more thought-provoking it almost feels like when I was doing like group therapy sessions uh I kind of was able to kind of you know pull out themes that people uh, would gravitate towards or might need to have their minds, you know, gravitating towards. Um, 
people in my life, people that I just come across, just common themes that I notice coming up all the time. Um, like today, this theme of focus, of fogginess, of fears and things that are creating negativity, that's been coming up since yesterday for me. Um, before I even opened this book, it had nothing to do with the book. Like I, I wasn't even reading the book for, I don't know, weeks at this point. Um, and something that I tuned into last night, it was, uh, Lincoln from channel higher self. And it was the episode about, um, uh, vibrations kind of along the lines of manifesting. I can't remember the exact title but it was something about vibrations it's like a three hour long episode and i listened to like an hour 45 minutes of it last night until it got like kind of weird um i kind of woke up during a part that was weird because i remember kind of waking up listening to it but he has these long pauses sometimes so it just started talking all of a sudden (laughs) Like, cause I guess I was kind of like in and out of sleep a little bit, I guess. And I was like dozing off back to sleep. And then like my phone just starts like talking and I was like, oh shoot. Like I forgot I was even like listening to this and like, cause he had taken like a long pause during the meditation and he was still going. But I, I thought that maybe I'd turned off my phone or something. I, I kind of forgotten what I was actually doing at that point. Um, Because I was partially asleep, but I don't know. But, yeah. It's pretty much a lot of good food for thought. Um... I guess that was something I noticed. Alright guys, sorry. I was interrupted. But I don't even know what I was talking about. I guess um, the whole aspect of um, fear-based choices. Um, So I would say, you know, try an exercise. Try an exercise. Try this exercise. You know, what do you think um is something that you're avoiding that's not a danger uh it's not like um something that's like like oh i'm avoiding this thing because there's like an actual like threatening danger um Think about things like that. Um, sorry, these windows. Trying to get a little airflow. There we go. Um, think about things that, <clears throat> and I'll I'll list off some categories to help. What do you find is something in your life that promotes fear? No, I don't want to talk about 
specific people, but I can I can give a bunch of examples cause, just because I've worked with people for so long. Um, but I'll say categories, right? Because I was listening to a podcast today and they talked about, you know, this kind of concept of like, you know, there's a YouTuber who's financially successful. He practices, you know, budgeting, getting money, kind of like building uh, his own successful brand and everything. And he's good at it. And so people come to him for advice. It's not his job description, but people come to him because they're like, well, you got it together. Like, how'd you get it together? So he would kind of talk about what he did and stuff. Um, the guy I'm talking about is is Jack. Jack on um, uh, on the iced coffee hour, mostly. Like, he works with Graham Stephan. He talks about his, you know, outreach process of how he tried to get to work with Graham just to do anything, even if it was for free, just to prove himself. And then got a paid position where he wasn't being paid a lot but because the channels the multiple channels that they have are successful that uh jack has been helping graham working on uh, for a while now um you know they're successful together um but think about you know someone like that someone like jack who people come to him and they're like okay how did you get how did you get wealthy how did you get in shape like how is your mindset so clear and like you know you're not suffering from depression and all these things like not not to say that there's like a a foolproof or like a guaranteed way to like never be depressed or anything or never have anxiety I don't really know maybe there is but I don't really know um I think sometimes things just biologically happen um and you know there's gonna be stuff like grief and loss and trauma things like that that I don't know if you can really just avoid even if you did tend to your mindset as much as is humanly possible and tend to your sleep schedules and your eating and your exercising and all that kind of stuff but he says he tells people you know you know everyone knows the same everyone knows the same information right we all know you know exercise eat healthy we know how much to exercise we know basically what we're supposed to eat what we're not supposed to eat we know how much sunlight we need to get you know most of the stuff nowadays is like kind of like basic knowledge like there are people that might not know but I feel like most people know okay 30 minutes of cardio five times a week you know eating fruits and vegetables you know like a colorful plate not eating too much meat and if you are like I don't know like people have these debates about meat and carbs and all these kind of things and uh, definitely, I think we can all agree on, you know, sodium levels, sugar levels, uh, fat levels, and uh, just processed foods in general, that those are maybe not the best thing to only consume just that kind of stuff. Everyone knows, you know, when you get money, you know, when you get a paycheck, um, how much you need to live off of, you know, if you didn't have any other extra expenses that you took on to yourself everybody kind of knows like this is the amount of money I need this is the amount of money I actually spend you know and if I were to budget you know this is what I'd have to cut back if I wanted to like save like I think most people can kind of figure those numbers out pretty quickly Uh, a lot of times nowadays unfortunately though most people aren't even making enough to kind of make it make the ends meet you know so that 
that becomes a very unfortunate discussion. But there are a lot of people that, you know, technically on paper, they make enough money. But when it comes to debt and buying apps and or subscriptions and all these things that seem like, oh, it's $20 here, it's $30 there. And next thing you know, you spent like an extra 600, 700, 800 bucks in a month that you don't have to spend or that's coming up on credit on small payments here and there. Like, you know what I mean? It's like stuff like that where you're like, "Uh, that doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. Right. Um, but everyone knows what they need to change. Right. Most people know what it is. But we ask because we're like, there's still that kind of this, this other guy, uh, oh, what was his name? He wrote a book, uh, Manson, dang it, I'm blanking on his name. One second, I gotta find the name. My friend wrote it, Mark Manson, Mark Manson. Uh, he was talking about, um, you know, there's the discomfort aspect. That's why we don't go to the gym, because it's more comfortable uh, to lay around and lounge and sit on my phone on Instagram while I'm watching Netflix on my on my laptop. That's cozy. It's nice. There's not a lot of discomfort in that. It feels relaxing. You get a bit of dopamine from it, but there's not a lot of pain involved, right? There's not a lot of pain involved with that. Um not immediately i mean in the long run if i choose that every single day over exercising there's going to be pain involved for me i notice if i choose that past like two to three days that's about my limit to when i notice that there is pain involved i start getting soreness you know i need to stretch more my flexibility decreases i start getting irritated about all kinds of things a little bit of restlessness uh don't find myself as motivated or able to think clearly like it's hard for me to go a week without exercising um at least twice in that week and making sure i still feel well i'm sleeping fine like it's easy to sleep um it's hard for me to go a week not that i don't ever go a week and not exercise i'm just saying it's literally i know for myself health wise i need to go probably every third day i need to go to the gym maybe it, more than that but you know every third day it'll keep things kind of on track for me um if i get in a good workout every third day i'm usually going to be all right and that's about 2 to 3 gym days a week which you know if i'm getting any other exercise at all usually that's that's usually okay if I'm watching what I eat and I'm eating healthy and things, but it causes that amount of pain, right? The, okay, I got to wear, like, get dressed, wear appropriate clothing, um, put on something. I don't dress, like, super nice at the gym, but I'm not, like, walking around in my underwear, you know? I got to put on something clean. I want to make sure I don't, like, smell sweaty before I start getting sweaty, um, I would put on something that's presentable. Um, Even if it's workout clothes, like maybe I wouldn't wear it to go shopping at the mall or to meet up with friends for dinner or to go out. But it's like, it's enough that like, okay, if I drop by the gas station or like stop by the store real quick to like grab a meal, you know, I'm not going to be like completely embarrassed 
by my outfit. Like, it's something that, like, I look like I've tried to get dressed, but I'm wearing appropriate clothing for the gym, right? So just that amount of effort sometimes is like, and then I got to drive over there. And then the parking, it's not that terrible, but it, it can be a thing. And, you know, it takes that small amount of attention, amount of attention to drive. And in a city like L.A., um, it might not be like traffic, traffic, but just the congestion of, you know, just the people on the road and the kind of like aggressive energy of people just having to deal with that just to get to the gym. And then you're at the gym and it doesn't feel nice necessarily. Like it's not like pleasant to like work out your muscles to push you know to like get more reps in you know it's it's a strain it's a physical there's there is an amount of pain involved it's not it's a good for a good reason um you don't really build yourself without any pain in any area of life I don't think um but there is kind of that perception of the pain of I'd rather avoid any kind of pain um but it is the the pain that kind of helps um <clears throat> like if i'm exercising and i don't even feel anything like we have a, a bike in in our living room it's my mom's bike um it's a stationary bike but the resistance even at a high level is still a little low like you have to be on it for quite a few minutes to start feeling any kind of burn uh, even if you're going like your fastest or whatever. And so I find it to be better than nothing just because you're moving and stuff. But the ones at the gym are better because they have like way higher resistance. And so if I put my mom's bike on like a very low setting, I could literally just sit there and just like move my legs. And I could probably do that for 20, 30 minutes. It wouldn't even be painful unless I'm doing it like at the fastest speed I can possibly do then I'd probably, you know, be working up my cardio and, like, my heart rate and stuff. But if I'm just doing, like, casual, um, sorry, I'm next to this, like, trash compactor again. If I'm doing it just casually, then, you know, I definitely won't notice anything, right? So what's a better workout? The one where you're sitting on a bike and drove, you know, 10, 15 minutes to the gym. You know, I clocked it. It takes me like 15 to 17 minutes from the time I leave my house to the time I actually can get on the machine after like getting in and checking in and, you know, getting to the locker room and like putting my bag away and stuff and making sure the lock is secure and maybe using the restroom once I get there. Then by the time I get working out, it's already been like 17 minutes. Now, if I were to work out from home, I could have sat on that bike for 17 minutes, but not really gotten a very good workout. Or I can go and spend that time. And by the time I'm two minutes into a bike exercise, like some cycling at the gym, two minutes in, I could already be you know, I could already be, you know, feeling, feeling it, you know, because the resistance, you can put it at such a high resistance. So it's like, I can technically do things like put things at a higher resistance. Maybe I don't get as many reps in, but I definitely can feel it. Um, you know, and yeah, I can't keep that up for like an hour or anything. Like, I guess I technically could if I really pushed myself. Um, 
but you know I don't really push myself like that I just try to I keep it I think at the gym I kind of keep it a little too casual sometimes um but you know it's it's um it's something it's some movement is what I tell myself I'm like I got out got some fresh air you know I'm around people I'm you know, in, like, a communal environment where we're kind of all here with the same goal to, like, work on ourselves, and, you know, yeah, there's pain involved, you know, it hurts to lift heavy things and move your body in ways that aren't just laying around in bed or laying on the couch, that hurts, it hurts to do that more uh, than it does to sit around and lounge around, but I know mentally for me, it hurts more to sit around the house than it does to take two days, three days out of the week and just get my dang butt to the gym, I'll definitely feel better in the long run. So humans, we have this kind of issue with the short term, like this feels good now. I'd rather keep doing what feels good now than to keep doing something that gives me longer term results. Like just two workouts at the gym in my week you know, a lot of things in my week will go a lot more smoothly than if I have no workouts that week, but I'm just cozy around the house, but then mentally just kind of like a little on the agitated side, just like, you know, need to kind of get rid of some of that negative energy in a positive way. Um, I mean, creative things help too, but it doesn't work out my physical body. It works out my mind, but it doesn't work out my physical body. I need more than just like the mental. I need it to be also, um, you know, physical. And so um, I notice, you know, for myself, that definitely is a thing. And I think for most people, that's a thing. Um, so categories, I would say, and there are more than just this, but I would say exercise or just fitness in general. Like exercise can be a point of pain for people um nutrition can be a point of pain for people going through that effort to shop and like you know to cook when you would rather be not doing the work of going out and shopping i hate shopping so much in person going out and shopping or you know cooking you know the finances come with a lot of stuff too um expenses you know unnecessary expenses things like you know, having subscriptions, most of the subscriptions we have, we don't need. And the ones that we do have, it's more of a convenience. Like, I don't want to look up everything. So I'll, you know, pay, you know. For example, if you want to stream free movies, you can go F movies. I think they just changed it to F movie, F movie Z dot T-O. You can search movies on there for free. Yeah, you have risk of viruses and stuff. You can use a VPN. You know, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying it's free compared to Netflix, which is what, like $15, $18 or something. Um, you can have Spotify and YouTube for free, but you get ads, right? And when you think of it on YouTube, you get ads anyways, right? You get ads um, because people put ads in their videos that you can't really skip. Like you can skip the few minutes past their you know sponsor sponsors that they're talking about but you know you can't fully just there's not like a button yet that i've seen where you can just like skip past the sponsorship 
advertisement. Like you still have to listen to those and they're usually long too. Um, when I used to work from home, I used to put on stuff in the background um, <clears throat> on my on my work laptop and I didn't like to use my login from my personal YouTube that I paid the premium subscription for. So I just use the work laptop to play YouTube in the background. And sometimes those ads, like if I let them keep playing, they'd be like a 30 minute podcast. <laughs> I remember there was one about some like Bible guy. Um, it wasn't really about the Bible too much. Maybe it was. And he was kind of just talking to different people. I don't know what he was talking about. He, he was some kind of, I think he was into like hunting and like some kind of guy who lived maybe out in the country somewhere that, you know, him and I think another guy had a, had like a a podcast but it was an advertisement and it's like you literally have to go through the physical motion of clicking off of the ad otherwise it just plays and it's like I like to listen to stuff while I drive especially when I was driving a lot to and from San Diego I used to listen to to music and everything and it's hard to listen to freaking music when you're um you know it's hard to listen to music when you're you know just on on you know on the road or listening to like a podcast and then there's like a 30 minute advertisement in the middle of it and then you have to like find a way to get in your phone and like you know click off of that or whatever it's like it's annoying right so if you drive a lot or you listen while you're multitasking it makes sense that you pay a premium subscription but you don't need it it's just a convenience right um we can do without YouTube. We can do without any of these apps. I mean, a lot of us, well, Gen Zers, I guess, grew up with it more than millennials, but most of us millennials didn't grow up with apps. Like, I didn't have apps in my life. I mean, yeah, there was software on your computer, but, like, nobody really called them apps back then. Like, people started calling them apps when, when smartphones came around. And, you know, it's a whole different conversation. But um yeah there's things like that there's uh financial things that like there's the pain of not buying stuff that we don't need you know uh just because there's inconveniences involved usually with that's the reason why we pay for certain stuff is because otherwise we're going to be inconvenienced in some way um whether it's paying an extra Like, you could pay that extra 35 bucks for, um, for your, um, uh, I lost my train of thought because there's somebody over here with me now. Uh, you can pay the extra 35 bucks, um, uh, you know, for an Instacart delivery. That's a lot of money, though. I mean, if you get two Instacart deliveries a week, that's like almost $70. Um, but you could pay that. It's not... It's not outrageous. Um, you could... There's quite a few things you could do. You could... Um, Um, uh, 
And we'll talk, we'll talk about that. But yeah, there's like kind of like emotional, emotional things that people get involved with that, um, not the most helpful. So when you think of attachment, that's a big one. Um, the fear of attachment, difficulties with attachment, um, anxiety in, in social ways, um, different things along these lines, right? I mean, they're fear-provoking. Even fear of success, fear of being financially successful, educationally successful, um, even just moving up at your job. Some people don't take the interview just because they have a fear of um, not being uh, accepted. Um, you know, things like that. So I, you know, I really like um, that all of these really do have some form of solution to them, right? Um, like, we're not just all, um, without answers. Like, it might seem that way, but usually the issue is kind of like the whole Jack and Mark Manson conversation of, like, yeah, there are answers. We all know what most of the answers are, what we need to do, but the pain for actually doing the things is something we'd rather avoid. And I think Jack mentioned this in a in some other episode too, where he was talking about um what's it called? Um, the instant gratification. So things like apps being on social media online, um, there's the instant gratification, the instant dopamine hit versus, you know, with working out, I do notice it kind of within that day. Like I did notice when I went to the gym last night that I did feel like mentally in a better headspace uh, a little bit more than I probably would have if I would have stayed laying around all day um, on a Sunday. Like I felt better. So, like, yeah, I'm not going to get, like, a six-pack overnight and, like, be all buff and chiseled or anything, but it, at the very least, you know, to have a, a positive mindset is worth thirty minute a 30-minute inconvenience in the gym, maybe another total of 30-something minutes getting to and from the gym. Um, so maybe, like, an hour total inconvenience out of my day that's what it is if I'm coming from if I'm already home uh, what I used to do is I used to go after work because the gym was on the way home so that was always my favorite thing was when the gym was on the way home from work it was like it was only really an inconvenience to be there it wasn't really an inconvenience to like have to leave the house and go there because I was already at work I was already out I, I already had to drive home anyway so if I know I just have to go like a block out of the way, park at the lot, and then walk to the gym. You know, that's easier than 
being home and already cozy. Like I'm already at work. I'm already uncomfortable. I'm already pretty stressed out after work. So it made more sense to me to, I like to have a buffer. So I got in way more workouts a lot of times when I was working because I was already passing the gym all the time. So it was less, it was less of an inconvenience. But when it comes to fear, I think what happens is a lot of us know how uh, how to address the fear, but we don't want that answer. We want some other version. Uh, but what one thing that I've noticed, at least from when I was working in psychology, is there's always smaller steps that you'll be willing to take. So say, for example, um, I mean, I don't want to go back to school like that. Um, but say, for example, I got I got burned with with the Ph.D. program. Right. I totally got burned with that program. Uh, now, it led to it led me to the same place that I think I would have been in in the first place. Uh, this minus a quarter million debt. So I'm grateful for that. But there was a lot of pain involved. And, you know, um, I wouldn't say there was never like a fear of failure attached to that. But it was more so um, like you know, to, to want to try to go back to a school, uh, initially I thought I, I wanted to, but then when I started doing it, cause I was actually part of another school program online that wasn't accredited and I was going to try to get that degree, go in debt, get that degree just so I could have the freaking doctorate, even though it wouldn't have been from an accredited university, which makes, which makes zero sense. Cause I wouldn't have been able to like actually work. Um, would have been a terrible idea but you know I decided you know like say say for example if I had decided that I did want to go back to school let's say that was the example that I decided wholeheartedly I want to finish this degree I want to be you know I want to get a doctorate I want to work in this field of psychology for the rest of my life say if that was my mindset but then I had the fear of failure, making it so I couldn't do that. Um, like for me, I already had a job that I landed the next day after the school part ended. And I knew that was coming because somebody already told me. They had already talked to me about it earlier on. And so I wasn't fearful of my lifestyle changing because I was going to be getting a paycheck. You know, so I didn't really care. Um that much because I was like well I already know a job and now I'm gonna actually be getting paid to do it whereas I wasn't getting paid at all before I think I was getting maybe a 100 or 200 dollar a month but I was that's nothing you know that's nothing at all it was just gas money that I was getting basically back then so say if I actually wanted to go through with that example right um what would I do if I had fear what would I do um if I did have that much fear, um, I think I need to actually move my car. Sorry, guys. I think I'm going to move my car to another spot because there's not enough shade here. Alright, so I move the car. I think this is a better option for me because I can sit here with the windows up but not have to worry about 
people being within earshot and not have to worry too much about um, having to run my car for the air. So, um, one thing I would say is, um, you know, when there's fear of something, what we usually do is, yeah, we definitely do avoid, avoid things. Um, but then second to that, we think, oh, like the way to get to that solution is going to be so painful. I'm not going to go through with it. That's why most people don't try to get a PAT. It's not because people can't do it. It's not because, you know, everyone has a fear of failure. I think most people, other than like the practical stuff of the debt and all these other kinds of things, or maybe they just genuinely don't like school and don't want to be in school that long. Um, but I think most people, um, they would rather, um, not go in, you know, not go to school and do those degrees, um, because they'll do fine without one, you know, so they don't see a reason to, like, push past that, um, and it does take a lot of work to get to get a doctorate. Like it's not easy. You basically have to put your life on hold for like half a decade or more, more actually, just to get a degree. Um, and then when you start in the work field, you're kind of starting entry level. Like you've got opportunities that you wouldn't have if you didn't have the doctorate. But you're at least in psych, you're kind of starting entry level. Like in engineering and different fields, like you can start out making six figures like right away, but yeah in psych that's not really how it works usually you kind of gotta wait and then get to a point where you can have a private practice and that takes a while you know and in states like california you've got to consider businesses and all that kind of stuff like you know you're losing so much money working in certain states uh so you really have to consider certain things so it really is a lot um uh, that most people might consider too much of a risk for them to really want to consider. But there can be a lot of fear there. But say, for example, if I wanted to go back to school but just had the fear, you know, it might take many steps to get there. Like, I might have to test, okay, let me take, like, a quick course for, like, a couple weeks or a couple months, see how I do. Let me become part of a Discord group or some meetup group that meets and talks things through in person. And I'm, you know, kind of like things that help you kind of go through the motions to like expose yourself to getting comfortable little by little versus like jumping straight in, applying to schools, going through the interviews and stuff. Like if you haven't worked out all that other stuff, it's going to be hard. So we'll talk more along these levels of fear with these different topics. Um, I want to get into those, but um, for now, this is kind of long enough. And uh, But I do want to talk about other things like attachment and other kind of categories because I find those to be pretty important. With that, thanks for listening.